the Tea Health Show, medical lifestyle show. Good morning on this wet Wednesday in Joburg. I'm Dr. Mark and in studio with us, as always, our vivacious producer, Sims. I love your skirt. Thank you. I decided to bring out some color today. Well, in this gray weather. And then we have a dear friend of mine and colleague, Divya Naidu from the Compounding Pharmacy of South Africa. Divya, it's always a pleasure to be with you and always a pleasure to talk with you. Um, good morning. Good morning. It's always my pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. So we're going to talk about supplementation today. So Sims know that I like stats yes. because it's useful information that gets stuck in my brain. Mm. Maybe there's medication for that. <laughs> <laughs> there certainly is. <laughs> I don't know whether people know really how big the nutritional and dietary supplement industry is. Sims, do you want to venture a guess? Are we doing like in the percentage? Like No, let's go um, monetary. Oh, I would say since everything is like a multi-million dollar industry, I will go with multi-million dollar industry. <laughs> um, you short by a couple of zeros. What? So that the nutritional industry, nutritional supplementation industry in the year 2020 was valued and there's different uh, ways of looking at this, but it was valued at between 140 and 310 billion US dollars. I'm in the wrong industry, guys. So thank so, you so much for giving me that free advice. I, I think <laughs> that that figure would be even bigger post-COVID so or during COVID. In, it is estimated by Fortune magazine that in certain areas, this industry is growing by 15%. And at the, in the year 2025, it will be worth 465.4 billion US dollars. Amazing, amazing, and fascinating. But, yeah? Because I think that tells you the growing market is because people are taking more responsibility for their health. Well, Divya, the moment that you say that, um, I think a very big driving factor for this was COVID. Simpiwi, sure. did you, like the rest of the population, rush out to your health shop or your pharmacy or clicks or discim and stood in front of that nutrition? Sims is shaking yes, her head. like, I was just like, I don't want to get sick. Let me get everything. I don't know what this is. Okay. Vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin C. Yes, exactly. So, like... I think the majority of us, because let's face it, you go and stand in front of that shelf and there's five different vitamin C supplements, yes. 20 different multivitamins, all containing vitamin C, zinc, selenium, copper, blah, blah, blah. And how the hell are you supposed to know which one to take? So, Divs, this is one of the big reasons I asked you to join us for this, um, is to navigate this minefield of supplementation. Because if done incorrectly or if done inappropriately, the health consequences can be 
more than just dire, they can be severe. Agreed. Um, it is a minefield of a question because how does the man on the street know what we're getting? You are fed information on, on, on social media, on TV, and you are told by magnesium it's the best thing since sliced bread for migraine. So it is, it is a difficult one to answer because as a person, a lay person, I would be completely, completely confused. So herein lies some good advice from your, your, your medical professional pharmacist, doctor, who knows exactly what each solstice does. Do in a vitamin. Okay, may I interject here just Please. just a little bit? So I want to create just a little bit of background mm-hmm. into uh, what it, it exactly is that you do, so that our listeners mm-hmm. understand. Okay. So, Divya, you studied pharmac- pharmacology. And you became a pharmacist Mm -hmm. And then you went further And you became A clinical pharmacist Now there's a difference Between that But before you explain to us What the difference is Between a pharmacist and a clinical pharmacist You then went And you did A fellowship in functional medicine mm. So for you that don't understand what that is It's like Divya became a doctor And then she went to specialize in surgery okay. And then Up She the went specific. further mm-hmm. And she did an advanced fellowship So okay. this is doing Surgery and then becoming a cardiothoracic surgeon. So we're speaking to an expert of the experts. I wouldn't absolutely. Quite, I, I wouldn't uh, quite equate don't. that to a cardiac surgeon. No, but in your field as a clinical pharmacist, please just explain to us the difference between the pharmacist that we see behind the counter in this scheme and a clinical pharmacist who, like you, formulates compounds, etc., etc. Okay, so the pharmacist that works in most retail pharmacies um, are, are just as qualified or I'm Similarly qualified or qualified in the same manner Unfortunately the, the profession of pharmacy these days Has become merely a dispenser of pre-packed medicines by big pharma Okay, so, so basically they're a pull counter Exactly So um, Sorry they, guys It's not only that I mean there is the valuable role of advice uh, They give you on medication Unfortunately a lot of pharmacies or pharmacists Are so overloaded they don't really have the time But the pharmacist's expertise is knowing how the drug works in your body. So this is what really they should be um, advising about. Yeah. But due to time constraints, a lot of this is lost. Taking a medicine before or after is a really important med- information for the for the efficacy of the medicine. If you want the medicine to work properly, uh, you would need to be given proper advice. You know what? It's... Um it, uh, uh, what you just said is something that I think is of so much value because if you try and read my prescription as a patient. Well, we uh, can't read doctor's handwriting. No, uh, and, and <laughs> le- you know what? I, I don't write. I hieroglyph. Um, on there, we often write. 
or no, let me rephrase. We are supposed as medical practitioners to instruct how the medication needs to be taken. Half an hour before meals, with meals, not together with alcohol, for instance. And we give that prescription to the patient to go and get it at the pharmacy. And then um, we expect the pharmacist to not only know, but take the time to explain this to the patient. I literally throw my best Tiffany rattle when my patients come back to me and say to me, but how am I supposed to use this now? Um, When a pharmacist didn't take the time to explain to them. So pharmacists have a very big role. And you as the consumer, you as the patient should ask, okay, explain to me how I must use this medication. David, do you agree? Absolutely agreed. And I'd like to use a very practical example where uh, that illustrates how important a pharmacist in the big retail stores or in any pharmacist, the, the role that they play. Probiotics. Mm-hmm. We all know we need to take probiotics with antibiotics. But how often are we told that you take a probiotic half an hour before the antibiotic or two hours after? Else the antibiotic is inactive, is, is killing the probiotic because it is an inactive organism. So Did you know that, sir? No, I did not. I'm learning new things every day, guys. <laughs> Glad to be of help. But simple things like that is the value of which a pharmacist plays. There are far more, far more reaching circumstances in which they help, and I'm just using very basics. So the difference, back to your question, as to what a clinical pharmacist does. So, so the specialism in we specialize in. Preventative healthcare. So, most healthcare, and certainly the South African healthcare system, is curative. You get a ailment, you get a migraine, you go into the pharmacy, and you get a tablet. So, what clinical and functional pharmacists or functional medicine practitioners, because they are doctors as well, do is they look at predispositions. So, a genetic predisposition to say breast cancer. We can look at before it happens so we can prevent chronic ailments from happening and we can start helping the body to eliminate properly, to, to say if, if you, if we're using that particular example, if your mum had breast cancer, you would start saying, let's, let's take supplements that eliminate estrogen so it doesn't sit there. The bad metabolites cause a breast cancer. So in, in a far reaching example. So we look really, the key word is preventative. Divya, it's very interesting that you say that. When I I did two radio interviews and a TV recording last week, since we were here and uh, on that morning Wednesday and Thursday, I did another one and a TV recording. And I was asked in all three of those, at what age should I start Taking a look at my hormone levels Mm -hmm. And this is exactly what we at the T-Clinic And other functional practitioners do It's prevention Um, Hormone levels start declining from your early 20s Environmental factors, medication Other comorbidities, diseases, stress All lead to changes 
in the body's internal environment, which leads to changes in the chemical chemical messengers that the body uses to try and rebalance. This is certainly true of vitamins as well. Absolutely. You, you do the perfect example as hormones, but as as you age, your vitamin requirements uh, be, change because just firstly, just the normal aging process, and then the the external stimuli that you're exposed to. The biggest one being stress. This affects this directly impacts your body's requirements and needs for vitamins and supplements and trace elements. Debbie, uh, this morning, Sister Elise, at you know, at, besides the fact that she's a sex expert, um, she also she also doesn't sleep. So I think she might be a vampire. Um, she sent me a, a, a white paper that was just published um, and it was a white paper that was written after the British Menopausal Society put out a new circular surrounding benefits of testosterone supplementation in menopause and the white paper touched on something that I think very few women really take seriously and that's osteoporosis Mm. so when you say that as we get older our nutritional our dietary our vitamin and mineral requirements change the moment that we start becoming less active our bones start resorbing calcium there's very very clever cells called osteoclasts that are responsible for not only bone formation but resorption of bone where they literally take the calcium back and use it somewhere else Um, when we have non-weight bearing patients patients that are sedentary immediately they start leaching calcium and breaking down the bone Um, A very simple exercise for someone with osteoporosis is to stand and literally just bounce on the soles of their feet with their heels. They don't even have to jump. It's just that slight impact, and you can hear what I'm doing on the table. Just that with your heel creates enough stimulus for osteoclasts to start forming bone. Mm-hmm. Um, but for that, you need the correct nutritional and supplementary elements. And so let's move a little bit forward. Okay. What is the difference uh, between nutritional supplements and dietary supplements? And our good friend, Stacey Holland, which is a very good friend of yours as well, um, said to me, Mark, just put in whole foods there. So um, I hope you can answer this question because I have no idea what whole foods are. I presume it's a whole broccoli. No. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not. So dietary supplements, as the name suggests, is derived from diet. Nutritional supplements are endogenous, in other words, taken in from supplements. So there is no better supplementation than dietary. That is your number one. There is no artificial vitamin that can give you the same benefits. However, 
we're not getting enough for many, many reasons. I think most importantly, um, soil rotation, soil depletion is a huge factor in why our broccoli of today is not the same as broccoli as 20 years ago. So that's number one. Then your external factors like stress, your, your lifestyle, your, uh, your toxins. If you live near a um, a mine. Oh, uh, did you see this uh, last week on carte blanche about the quantity of uranium in the mine dumps? Yes, and the associative of what's causing what it's causing to the population. Population around. that lives on and around the mine dumps. Oh, that okay. is, it's toxic. You might as well go and live in Chernobyl. Yes, sure. and, and also if you live near industry that emits a lot of smoke, it's going to be, these are all toxins. If you do, if you eat things wrapped in plastic, which we all do, even our, our beautiful uh, stores, not to mention any names, everything is organic, but it's wrapped in plastic. And plastics, plastics are phthalates, which can, which can cause a disruption to your estrogen. And your other hormones So it is very, very, very difficult Unless you live in a farm In complete isolation And grow your own foods And make sure you store it In glass and not plastic It's very, very difficult in a modern society In an urbanized society For us to completely avoid this Hence supplementation And part of supplementation Nutritional supplementation is Encouraging detoxification, taking care of these toxins and external toxins in our environment, taking care of things like stress that affect our nutritional needs, so, so important. So to, 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 sorry, Mark, but just to live off dietary supplements on your own is not going to, to work. Divya, when you, when you say detoxification, mm-hmm. uh, my mind immediately went to two things. Well, the one which is very dangerous and very complicated to do, which is chelation therapy. Mm-hmm. And w- we will touch on chelation in the series that we, we will be doing about nutritional and IV supplementation. Yes. But let's leave that one. Antioxidants, mm-hmm. are they part of detoxification? Most certainly they are Okay, so uh, Tell us a little bit About antioxidants Because Sampiwe, this is something that you've heard Yes, and then you also hear like um, interesting other terms um, when it comes to detoxing. So people will be like, I'm on a liquid diet or like because I need to detox or they're taking certain pills mm-hmm. to, to detox. And you're just like, okay, what are you doing? First and foremost. And what does that do to your body? Okay, so firstly, the detoxification I'm referring to is the the um, chemical processes that happen inside your body. So not taking a green tea to detox for, for the, the, the instance that you spoke about. You're so, talking about what happens in the liver, the kidneys, etc., yes, etc. Et exactly. So to, pro- to eliminate those toxins that sit in your the body. The waste products that need to come out. Perfectly put. Okay. Exactly that. The waste products and not necessarily waste in the way we think as, a, as in urine, feces and sweat. Those are the three that come to mind But there are So toxins that you take as a result of Inhaling smoke that might Sit in in your lung You don't want it there You want it eliminated properly So that it doesn't form a cancer or asthma Or whatever it can You know, whatever irritate the tissues And lead to something years down the line So we uh, as, as, um, As functional 
practitioners will um, always, always take into account that um, you need to look at these pathways. And part of looking at these pathways is um, is knowing what supplements eliminate what. So, for instance, if you're a person that is somehow is not eliminating your I always go back to the hormones because hormones are a good example if the, if you're not eliminating your estrogen properly it's going to sit there and cause a lot of issues for you so like we, cancer etc etc so a simple supplement to take to eliminate estrogen is something called diindonal methane which is found in broccoli so you'll have to eat bags and bags of broccoli to get the same effect Whereas a, a supplement with a high dose of methane to eliminate that uh, estrogen or bad estrogen metabolites from your body is very, very essential. And it's, let's face it, guys, it's a lot more convenient to take a pull than eat a bag of broccoli. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm just going to caution patients or, or listeners out there. I had a patient in my practice who's 50 years old. Um, went to see uh, a specialist. Um, she had a little bit of elevated progesterone. And she was actually advised to start taking broccoli tablets. Some of these things can be so effective. In her case, instead of Balancing the progesterone estrogen, it put her into menopause. It within two weeks, it it t- took all the estrogen. We need to know that estrogen is a group of three different sure. hormones. Yes. Okay, um, and they get metabolized. In the gut. So, Divya, uh, our good friend, Stacey Holland, which is the gut coach at the tea clinic, mm-hmm. um, and who works close with you guys at the compounding pharmacy, mm-hmm. um, will, will immediately tell us that the moment that you change the conditions, the organisms in the gut, and some people you can remember we spoke about the 1.2 to 1.5 kilogram of organisms that live in your colon. Um, The moment that you change that environment, the metabolites of these hormones start changing. Now, all these metabolites in themselves have effects. So you will either get an overstimulation or an understimulation, which leads to imbalances in other hormone systems and in other neurotransmitters and chemical messengers. So it is incredibly important. And this is while we were sitting outside, one of the things that I said I want to allude to is this specific minefield. We know that we need to supplement, but we do not understand. And to be quite frank and very honest, most of our medical practitioners have no clue themselves. This is a specialist field in medicine. I couldn't agree more. And you alluded to a very, a very, very good and important point. So it's no use spending thousands on vitamins and minerals and trace elements and popping them into your mouth if your gut health is not great. 
So here, here it highlights the importance of working with a medical practitioner or pharmacist or somebody who understands, or someone like a Stacy who understands what gut health is all about. So it might, you might need to step back a bit, have a proper consultation with somebody who understands this, get your gut health right, and then start your supplementation journey. Okay, so it I can't wake up one morning and be like, I want to change my life. I want to be, you know, preventing all these things and then just going to like a pharmacy and like... It would probably <laughs> it would probably work, but if you want to do it intelligently and properly, okay. especially if your lifestyle's not been great... I would suggest go to a health, a gut coach or health coach or a medical practitioner trained in specialist in functional medicine. Now, I'm a functional practitioner and I've been doing this for a long time. You, Simpiwi, you know that I have a condition called diverticulosis. Um, It's an inflammatory bowel condition and it flares up from time to time. Uh, for anyone else that either suffers from IBS or IBD, irritable bowel syndrome or irritable bowel disorder or things like Crohn's, um, ulcers, know that there are certain things that can trigger um, flare-ups. One of the most important things that can do this and make the condition worse is oral supplementation in the form of things like a probiotic. Okay. We, we, we usually think we need to take a probiotic because my gut's not healthy. Um, iron. Organisms love iron. They need iron to survive and to replicate, etc., etc., I had to stop all my oral supplementation because I, we couldn't figure out what is triggering my gut. So for you to wake up one morning and say, I'm now going to start supplementing, it's, it's, Yes, it's a very good idea, <laughs> but if you don't know what you're doing, or if you're taking, and Divya mentioned something like this earlier, the wrong salt. So magnesium comes in different salts. <laughs> one works for sleep. One works for pain. One works for constipation. Uh, if you take the wrong one, it can feed the wrong organism. And I almost said orgasm. I'm thinking of <laughs> Um, Are you it in clinic can, mode? <laughs> it can, it, it feeds the wrong organism in a specific area of the gut where it shouldn't be fed. Okay. And that can lead to complications. Or oh, it works ineffectively. Magnesium is a great example. I'm glad you chose it because magnesium salts work differently, different salts. For instance, uh, magnesium glycinate is perfused very well into tissues in your body. So if you are wanting to relax a muscle or go to sleep and relax, relax, cause relaxation, you'll take a magnesium glycinate. But if you are, magnesium, as we know, generally causes relaxation. So if you are constipated, you want to relax your bowel, you'll take a magnesium citrate or magnesium oxide because it oxygenates the bowel. So you won't take a magnesium citrate for um, 
for instance, a brain where, where you want m- magnesium to, to perfuse into your brain and relax your brain, that would be more a magnesium malate. Yes, because if you take an oxidation in the brain, it's going to excite the nervous system more than relax it. Yes. So these are things that when you stand in front of that shelf in your health department or wherever, you see magnesium. So when I ask people what supplements you're taking, they say slow mag. Oops. It's not that slow mag's bad, but you're thinking that you're taking magnesium for a specific reason. Mm-hmm. And slow mag is actually indicated more for muscle hmm. than anything else. And you taking it to sleep, it's going to excite you. And then people are like, this thing is not working. Ah, so when Divya and I were sitting outside, just so let's jump to this. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about um, patients that come and they say, yeah, but I'm supplementing or I had a, a IV drip um, and it's not having an effect. The problem that we have is, are you, are you taking one, the right supplementation in the right ratio for the correct reason at the correct time? Time, etc., etc., etc. There's a reason why a lot of supplementation have become over-the-counter medications and then prescription medications. So, Debbie, let's just quickly jump into that one. Okay. So, so, sorry, Mm. if I if I could just interrupt you, and it's I think an important point to make at this this stage. Is the the benefit or the advantage of an IV nutritional supplement? Um, and I, I'll come to some caveats later, but I just want to say right right up front that all the things we spoke about now, gut health, external stimuli, all of that affect oral oral absorption of medicines. To bypass all of that, you can do an intravenous route. IV stands for intravenous for those who don't know. Um, and An intravenous route ensures 100% absorption. It's, it's available to the cells through the bloodstream. It doesn't have to get into the bloodstream first. It's already put there. And it is available immediately. So I think just so that people understand the difference between oral and intravenous, I, I thought that was an important point to. Absolutely. Point so, Divya, just, I'm going to ask Sims this question. What is the difference between an off-the-shelf over the counter, we in the medical fraternity we call that OTC, mm-hmm. and a prescription product. Okay, so I'll, I'll explain it like this: If I decided to walk into uh, Discam, for instance, right? There's different aisles and there's different medication. That would be me just going off the shelf, like, oh, vitamin C, here you go, put it in my basket, right? Yeah. Um, over the counter would be there's a pharmacy there. Then I go and I'll ask for, can I please get uh, sleeping tablets or whatever? Then they give me that, right? And then the prescription. If, is, you, if you go to a Discam that gives you sleeping tablets, no, I'm just. I'm, I think she means something like. <laughs> Better sleep like or something, something like, like that, that right? <laughs> something not and too over heavy. the counter, yeah, over the counter, right? And then uh, prescription is once you've seen a doctor, they've written or jotted like specific medication, and then you either go to the pharmacy and they then will be like, okay, this is what you need. Here you go. Okay, so you've explained the terms. Now <laughs> explain the difference. <laughs> oh, well, what is the difference in the product? Why do we have that? 
I can't answer that. Exactly. So our, our 90, 99% of our listeners out there would also not, don't know or understand the difference. Divya, go. Okay. So off the shelf is is non-scheduled. You know, everyone knows there's schedules of medicines depending on how um, closely controlled they need to be or depending on their dependency profile. So non-scheduled medicines are available off the shelf. The over-the-counter, which generally means you have to ask a pharmacist to give it to you, is Schedule 0 to Schedule 2. There's some degree of control needed and the pharmacist will need to take your name down just so they can monitor. And then prescription is Schedule 3 and above. So essentially those are medicines that need to be prescribed by a doctor or prescribed by somebody who knows what they are being used for. They are being used appropriately. And then comes the fourth bit, which is compounded medicines, which is bespoke medicines, things that are made specifically for you because you're getting a highly evolved person like a functional medicine doctor, like a Dr. Mark, who is able to say to you that you have specific needs that are not a one-size-fits-all kind of approach. I need you to have more of magnesium, less of this, more of that, and he will put together a prescription which a compounding pharmacy will put together for a patient bespoke for them. And 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 the big caveat I'd say there is, Dr. Mark, I think you can bear me out here. For instance, if you gave an inappropriate IV to somebody who has a medical condition, let's just use a cardiac condition, mm-hmm. they shouldn't really take magnesium because it can cause a heart block. So if you the, the IV that's most widely known is something called Myers, which is basically a concoction of a whole lot of bees and some vitamins. And sometimes there's, there's many variations of Myers. Some of the Myers variations do cause, uh, contain magnesium. A person who is in a cardiac patient or cardiac failure should not be getting that. Dr. Mark would have the ability to distinguish that and say, please make me Myers without magnesium. For that particular patient Oh we will What we do in our practice um, Is We we have The individual ingredients Which we get from The compounding pharmacy And according to Your specific condition We And what we need to treat At that point in time We will compound that There's one I think that's even More important um, would do you take vitamin C? Not like a lot, not again. So, <laughs> have you heard that taking vitamin C can help with not only pre- helping not prevent COVID, but make COVID the possibility of COVID slightly slightly less, and we use it in treatment of COVID patients. You've heard that one? Yes, I have. Okay. Do you know that if I give you or certain people vitamin C IV, I can kill them? Wait, what? So there's a condition called a G6 PD deficiency. So it's an enzyme that is responsible for using vitamin C in an adequate way. 
if we give you vitamin C intravenously, in other words, we bypass the gatekeepers, which is the gut, to the amount of vitamin C that is absorbed in one go, we can cause your red blood cells to burst and you will start bleeding and you will die. That sounds horrible. Okay. So, and if you now go in and you do not know because we, how many people routinely test for this deficiency? If you go in to one of the, we call them IV bars, mm-hmm. a shop, a shop. Yes. That gives you intravenous drips. And you stand there and they have this board or this menu and you pick or you tell them, I want an energy drip. I want a, um, immune drip. Okay. That drip will contain vitamin C. Sure. And that can kill you. Never mind, create other problems. So for patients with kidney disease, and in in the next couple of weeks, we will have an in-depth discussion with one of one of the other persons that I've done a lot of uh, interviews with, and her name is Dr. Claudia Duval. And Divya, you know Claudia, she's a nephrologist. Um, what we are seeing in my practice is that at least 50% of my patients are either chronic renal patients already or on the cusp. Our renal, our kidney function is decreasing exponentially. Why? Because our kidneys have to deal with all the toxins, etc., etc. Our kidneys have to deal with all the supplementation that we're taking. Our kidneys have to deal with the medication that we're taking, specifically things like anti-inflammatories and, guess what, all the feel-good drugs. So, all your antidepressants, etc., etc. So, Nutrient supplement, IV supplementation, oral supplementation is good if done correctly. Incredibly harmful if prolonged and done incorrectly to the point where nutrient imbalances not only cause disease but can cause and lead to death. Hmm. You mentioned a very important point a little while back and I'd like to go back there. You said... So some people get an IV drip and say, why don't I feel this great surge of energy? So all that you mention now is so important. It depends on that person's health, gut health, very important. Uh, adrenal health, which means stress and, and lifestyle factors, toxins that they're exposed to. So if that person, say for instance, that person's just written a hectic exam and they really are stressed, the stress levels are high and they decided that it took everything out of them to study for this exam I need to have a drip the next day And they might not feel that surge That someone else might It's it's because of this Your cortisol levels are high You're going to need more It's a slower process IV drips are a good way to supplement uh, But they need to They 
some conditions can take longer than others. They, they need to be given weekly. They might need to be given twice weekly sometimes until your body gains some equilibrium. And then you can go down to once a month and eventually go off and then eventually uh, supplement by orals. But so there are very, very important considerations before um, IVs as well. Then the other thing you mentioned that was so important was vitamin C. It has so many benefits. I mean, it, vitamin C became very famous now during COVID with the layman. Uh, and besides, besides the, the normal things we know, like immune boosting and COVID and whatever, vitamin C is also something that in high doses converts to hydrogen peroxide in your body. So it, it gets, it gets an extra molecule of oxygen mm. and it can act as, it changes from what we call an antioxidant, which is anti-rust to a pro-oxidant. So in patients like your cancer patients, for instance, this might be beneficial. I must say, a big, big caveat, please check with your oncologist. Don't just go to a IV place and ask for high dose vitamin C you would need to work with your oncologist on this one. Uh, Divya, the moment that you say that, one of the big things that people don't understand is that everything that you put in your mouth or in your vein Mm. or on your skin Mm. can have interactions not only with your prescription medication but with other supplementation and those can have beneficial effects uh, or they can have serious detrimental effects. Very few of us, even the ones, us that studied medicine, us that studied pharmacology, <coughs> are on top of drug interactions. When we work in the medical field, and I think you guys do the same, mm. we very, very often check um, on our <clears throat> apps, on in our books, uh, a quick drug interaction. Um, it's one of the things that I think patients look at me, oh my God, what is this guy doing? He knows nothing. When I bring out what we call the MIMS, um, and I quickly look up a medication to see what are the interactions with your existing medication. Um Things like that becomes incredibly important. Divya, I'm, I'm thinking of a couple of examples, and we spoke about them earlier. We used to get certain things off the shelf first. Then it changed to OTC, over-the-counter, and now... Their prescription. So one of the ones that I'm thinking of is DHEA. Now, most of our women that are in menopause uh, or going to the menopausal period would have heard of DHEA. But let's think of something a little bit more simple. Simply where? Melatonin. Have you heard of it? Yes, I have. Okay. Why do we take melatonin? Oh, you're putting me on the spotlight now. <laughs> so we used to take melatonin over the counter or off the shelf because it helps us sleep. Mm-hmm. So back to the sleeping tablets. <laughs> ah, the problem is that melatonin is one of our peptide hormones Ooh. and it's secreted by the brain f- and specifically in the pituitary gland. So 
HP came from a scheduled zero where I can just take it from the shelf in pick and pay mm-hmm. to do you I think um, it's now a schedule five. It's a schedule two and a schedule four. It has a dual schedule ah, state. So it's about the dose. It's the dose and the use. So the schedule two use is for jet lag. So for short term, you're traveling and you're going across different time zones. You will take that to reset your, to resynchronize your sleeping patterns. Schedule four is more for your insomnia and uh, uses. It, it's a huge, also good, not only for sleep. It's a huge, very, very huge good antioxidant. Powerful. One of the most powerful antioxidants. Very good doses, for brain in function. Higher doses, yes. Okay. Now, some people, let's go back to one that you do know. Vitamin D. <laughs> okay. So we have, most people don't know this. And I think we spoke about it last week on the show. Vitamin D is not a vitamin. It's a hormone. I feel like I've been lied to all my life. How do you mean? <laughs> it's, uh, it, it was, did we, I, I almost want to say that it was named incorrectly. It is. As a vitamin. It's, it's, it's a, it's a hormone. It's intrinsic to so many things that happen in the brain. Um, and it's also made by the brain for the brain or besides the fact that it plays on the role that it plays in bone mineralization and in bone health. It is one of the most essential things that we need for our thyroid function. Your thyroid cannot function without vitamin D or adequate levels of vitamin D. It's like government. You know, you can see it. When when you look at a thyroid test for someone that have low vitamin D levels, the whole government is sitting there. They all look beautiful in their designer clothes. On paper, your thyroid hormone looks normal. But it cannot function because the thyroid hormone needs to be activated. And to do that, it needs to bind to a receptor that's consisting, and here's the functional expert, uh, Divya, but it consists mainly of two things, iron and vitamin D. So if there's a discrepancy or an imbalance between your iron and vitamin D levels, your thyroid, your metabolism, the energy uh, producing escoms of your body is not functioning. Mm. <laughs> so vitamin D in low doses, and I think this is 500 milligrams um, or less, um, 1,000 international, international units, will be freely available. Up to 1,000 international units. Yes, anything above that is scheduled. We in my practice use up to 50,000 international units. But for specific patients, um, vitamin D is very beneficial. But being a hormone, I can overstimulate it, which leads to detrimental effects. We are, we are starting to, to get to the end. Divya, there's a couple of things mm. that I think is very important. We we touched on bespoke supplementation. The very first question I think that listeners would ask is, oh, it's in, unaffordable. I can't afford it. It's too expensive. You know, it... Um, what do you have to say about this? My counter question would be, wouldn't you rather take something more expensive 
that is going to be 100% absorbed and is what you need. In spending thousands of stuff in a in an uncharted territory where you really don't know what you're taking, you're not getting any help from any expert, and you may take these supplements for years and decades, and they may not have done anything. You might have just produced very expensive urine. It's true. So yeah. let's 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 ask this question. I'm standing. In the medicine aisle or the supplement aisle mm-hmm. of wherever I want to go, how do I know what is good? So let's let's talk about uh, something that most people will know about, a multivitamin. How do I – multivitamin and a probiotic. How do I know which one to pick? That's really hard if you're a layperson. If I, if I had to put myself in the shoes of a layperson, I, I actually wouldn't know. It is important, therefore, to get the input of someone like a pharmacist who is a little bit more trained in all this stuff to, to advise you. So a, a vitamin you would choose is something that you would take the salts that we touched on earlier into account. They generally vitamins that are uh, combined with carbonates are not really good, well absorbed. Carbonate made chalk. Chalk is the same substance. And most of the stuff that we have on the shelves are carbonates. So be be wary. Get some advice. Go to your pharmacist. Ask them. Or even better. Okay, so I, I'm, I'm going to interject there. What questions do we ask? What are the most important questions that we ask to the person in the aisle that we know... They, they can't answer the question. Um, they don't know enough. I need to ask someone else. What are those questions? So the important thing to, to first to go to pharmacist and say, these are my, this is my needs. These are the health conditions I have. And uh, for instance, let's just take a hypertension. Okay, let's use osteoporosis because the example okay. I'm thinking comes to mind more easily there. You would want to take out, we all know calcium. Mm-hmm. We, now it's become known that you need vitamin D as well. But what people don't know and, and what Mark alluded to earlier is that resorption that happens, which you don't really want to happen. You want, you want calcium to deposit in your bones, not in your blood bloodstream and what happens is too much calcium in the wrong salt in a say a carbonate form will happen that's what will happen it'll your organs will take what it needs and it just throws the rest into your bloodstream it can cause plaques so we need something like a vitamin k2 okay to to pull it out of the organs or put put it or make sure it in, it, it enters the right organs that need it, the bone wherever else it needs so that's where pharmacists will come in. Please tell me about the salts. Tell me about the word to use is bioavailability. How available is this vitamin that I'm taking to my cells? And please, can you advise me as to which is the right one? The other thing to take into account is what is sugar used to make these things up? Because we know, and we didn't, we probably forgot to mention that sugar is the most inflammatory causing substance. So coupled with gut health, if you are uh, phenomenal at your at what you think is phenomenal at taking care of yourself, but you're having two spoons of sugar in your tea every day, or you're not watching what the additives are in the in the in the foods that you are taking, you can have such an inflammatory condition there, and that 
any supplement that you take is not going to be absorbed properly. This is where your pharmacist can help you. Ask questions like that. Look at RDAs. Yes, this is what I wanted to ask you. Yeah. RDAs, because I used to look at the recommended daily allowance that's printed on all of these things. And uh, you know what? Now I'm calculating. Okay, I'm taking this multivitamin and that supplement. So if I add the two together, am I getting 100% of my daily recommended allowance? Um, Divya? So RDAs for me are very, not very useful information because remember RDAs are, are what is the minimum amount to prevent deficiency syndromes Like for instance oh. scurvies and stuff it's, okay. not, it's not making your body Functional, function optimally What we want is optimal Doses for our Disease state or our body To function and fire Optimally so Taking RDAs is often going to be Insufficient Okay. And then when you're at your pharmacist, do you have to disclose that you are vegan, vegetarian? Does that have an impact on what supplements they recommend? Yes, because if you if you are particular about, say, for instance, vitamin D. Vitamin D is derived from duck feathers. And if you what? somebody... <laughs> the feathers. Duck feathers. Feathers. Yes. <laughs> so... I did. I'm sorry. I did. So, so okay, I'm going to lick my pillow from now on. So, so it's important to understand that if your particular belief system is, you know, against that, then you would need to understand. Ask questions. Is is the capsules gelatin based? So for your kosher and halal patients, that would be an important consideration. You would need to know all of this. So. Back again to compounded medicines. That's where all of these can be taken. Your needs and wants can be taken into account. Vegans and vegetarians, important to get intravenous taurine because they're very, very lacking in this carnitine because if you don't have red meat, you are very deficient. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm still on the duck. <laughs> so, Barry, I think you're too young. But when we grew up, there was there was a um, a, a program called Niels Holgersson. David, do you remember that? Nope. So, um, <laughs> and he flew with the ducks. He had enough vitamin D. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, it's just, uh, sorry, you I learned did, something new today. I, I never knew it came from really, duck feathers. It's, it's it's the feathers, not the meat. So. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm sorry, I'm speechless. It doesn't happen often, but I am. Okay, Divya, we are definitely going to to do a series on IV nutrients and IV supplementation, but we're also going to touch on certain conditions. In the meantime, for our listeners, if you want to know more about this. Go and look at either the Tea Clinic website. We have a section there specifically dedicated to IV nutrients. Places like the Compounding Pharmacy of South Africa, um, they have a website. They have Instagram pages. Go and take a look. There are beautiful and wonderful um, practitioners there. Two of my mentors are there, Dr. Deshan Woodley and uh, David Arthur. Um, 
if you want to know want to know more about functional or preventative or anti-aging medication these are the places that you go to there is something out there that might be good for you if you're uncertain contact us the number is 0108241391393 or take a look at our website www.theclinic.com divya as Always, um, you're a ray of sunshine in yellow um, on a very rainy day. Thank you for taking the time. I know that you guys are snowed under um, to come and sit and talk with us. Your insights are always invaluable. Um, thank you very much. Sims, next week we are actually going to discuss... Compliance Ooh. of medicine. Okay. Um, it's going to it's going to um, fit in very much with what we discussed today. P- people are not compliant, and um, that creates problems. Um, to all our listeners out there, be careful. The roads are wet, and if you're international, um, enjoy your skiing or enjoy Rio. <laughs> uh, have a good one. Take care. Stay healthy. Thank you, guys. The Tea Health Show, Medical Lifestyle Show.